1: My
2: heart is ready, but my body is weak.
3: (laughs) Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, PodBay, and Speaker. And also mentioning we are being streamed uh, at TheChairShot.com. So thank you so much for listening However you listen to this show. My name is Miranda Morales. I'm one of the co hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and I'm gonna bring in the rest of this team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going?
4: Oh, uh, it's going fantastic. How's it going for you, Miranda?
3: Good, good. How are you feeling? I know last week we had mentioned you were kinda under the weather and
4: Yeah, yeah. doing quite a bit better now, hopefully. So good. I hope right. that keeps the same velocity, so we'll see.
3: <laughs> yes, velocity. I remember that show. I, <laughs> sh- yeah. Yeah. We're not
2: supposed to remember those things.
3: not. <laughs> <laughs> and the third member of this trio is who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr.
4: That's who. Yay!
2: <laughs> How are we doing, guys?
3: Doing well. I mean, it is a busy week. If you have to, I don't even think it's living under a rock. I don't think it's even living on another planet. You know, it it has to be like you have to be in the middle of outer space to not know that it is WrestleMania week. And yes, week, not just weekend, week, (laughs) (laughs) week. Because we have tons and tons of WWE content throughout this entire week that culminates with WrestleMania, a two-night event, Saturday and Sunday. And one of the kind of more special parts of WrestleMania week is the Hall of Fame. And this year, it was a very interesting concept because it was two years put into one ceremony you had uh the inductees from 2020 and inductees from 2021 all on one show you had the first part first half of 2020 and then the second half 2021 and that too was it was a, it was a cool concept but also made you remember man i forgot who was actually uh, you know, part of, oh, of yeah. the 2020 class because yeah. it wasn't until the ceremony where I realized, oh my gosh, I forgot that this, you know, person was, uh, going to be inducted. Uh, really, the, the one that I had for shame forgot was Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, yes. I remember he was announced last year, um, right before WrestleMania 37. And unfortunately, with the pandemic, uh the ceremony the the hall of fame uh did not occur um but he had a great speech he uh did it via satellite um and he was in his legendary masks all you know dressed to the nines and it was still a very cool moment to to watch that
4: yeah it really was it's always exciting to see Tution Thunder Liger no matter what. <laughs> but like it's especially in a WWE context it's very rare yeah. And so it was really exciting to see him there and see them recognize him.
2: I mean, I was excited when they announced it, and, and definitely was excited that you know he got the recognition. I didn't see the ceremony yet. There was way too much stuff to watch yes. this week. Did <laughs> yeah,
3: did, that's did fair he, enough.
2: Did he wear the the classic suit with the mask look? Yes, that's tuxedo what I want. With the yep, mask. tuxedo. Yes, yeah. yep. yep, yep. Boom, money. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's. It, it looks know,
4: amazing.
3: Yeah, it, yeah, it's really. I mean, it's a contrast in style, but when you see it, like it's perfectly him. Damn. So. That's great. Yeah, and then we also had John Bradshaw Layfield JBL uh, be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And one of the big notes from his speech is how much he credited Eddie Guerrero for the character of JBL getting over and the influence it had uh, he had in his career. And so that, for a lot of Lucha Libre fans, was a really nice, uh, just kind of tribute and acknowledgement of, I mean, the the Eddie JBL feud. You know, I mean. Especially with JBL turning into, you know, John Bradshaw Layfield, that yeah. whole pretty silly uh, and fairly racist character of, you know, being this, you know, illegal alien catcher type of thing. But it was, you know, it was Good. You know, again, as many of us are Eddie Guerrero fans, anytime that he gets acknowledged, um, but especially for someone like JBL, who had a history with him, um, acknowledge him, that was really cool to to see in his speech. And then speaking of, we had uh, Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio on the red carpet uh, do a little interview putting over Rob Van Dam, who is a 2021 inductee. Um,
2: and Which so, is also yeah. crazy, but I'm not yeah. mad about it.
3: <laughs> Crazy that it's he's an that Rob Van Dam is inducted.
2: Yeah, I mean, so early. Let's just, I mean, sure. uh, yeah, that's handle. true.
3: I I think though you're getting to a point where they induct so many people every year that yeah. eventually the well is gonna start coming up closer and closer uh, to to shallow water, as they say. I yes. mean, they had the great Kali Inducting. And so that is one, that would have been the one I was like, how is this happening?
2: I, I mean, similar thoughts. I thought it was, I mean, he's definitely worthy of it. He helped really make the WWE even more global. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's early. He he's still early. wrestles yeah. once in a while. Yeah, so.
3: <laughs> Kali still wrestles. But you're right. I think everyone gets inducted for their own reasons. I think Rob yeah. Van Dam was the most successful ECW alumni. Um, yes. Like once ECW folded, because, of course, you have Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero and uh, Chris Jericho that all came from ECW. But, uh, you know, of the people who were with ECW when the company closed, Rob Van Dam was the most successful and I think he did bring in that ECW fan base to WWE. So, um and and the legendary career. I mean, everybody remembers the 2006 one night stand against John Cena. I mean, yeah. that was just
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Magic. And I mean, multiple money in the bank matches. I mean, he his name really became infamous with those high profile matches. Um yeah. and, and so I think you know, I agree it's too soon, because, you know, Rob Van Dam just left Impact Wrestling, and he still wrestles every so often, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. WWE, yeah, you know, the the well's coming up dry soon.
4: That's harder he's, and harder to find guys with no contract. He's got know. a lot
2: of gas. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of gas left in the tank, especially when you compare it to, like, an Undertaker career, or even yeah. Sabu, who was his was his running mate yeah. back in yes. the day, right? Like. You know, the, there's a lot more that can – so that's why I said it was crazy, but – No, very true. That, <laughs> very, very
3: true. I absolutely agree with you there. So, but, you know, the, it's a, it was a great Hall of Fame uh, ceremony. Everyone should go ch- check it out. Is it on Peacock? Now I'm getting confused about what's on yes. Peacock and what isn't.
4: It's on uh, Peacock, yeah. Okay, cool. That's how so I saw yeah. it, at least, so, yeah. Yes. <laughs>
3: Yes. And this is also the week of Peacock. It is now kind of the first full initial week of, you know, content yep. being on on Peacock. We'll talk about that in a little bit with NXT takeover, um, but, you know, yeah, if, if you want your WWE content, you got to download Peacock. So, Hey, we'll, we will continue to see what happens, but we'll we'll go more into WrestleMania week later on with WWE news and NXT. But let's just kick off the show with the road back to shows with Brendan.
2: Heck yeah. Road back to shows. Uh, okay, so trivia for you guys. Mexico City is what color right now? Pink. Dusty <laughs> <laughs> Groove. If, this, if Cassandro has his way
3: but. You know what I would, that, That's a world I would want to live in <laughs> yes. Right I'll I have
2: not. It. I wouldn't be upset about it at all But would no. be
3: upset about it for all See when is Cassandra going to run for public office Like <laughs> yeah. He would avoid all this like no mask You know or mask situation And we already know what his real name is So like when <laughs> yep. are we going to see this Because I, 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 I would be in fully support it's Sorry. a
2: good suggestion. Oh, I, I still support and almost any luchador. Like, um, there there are a few that probably not a good idea, but I'm not going to name names. But Casandro, not one of them. I would love to see Casandro.
3: Casandro yeah. for presidente.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, oh, straight to the top.
3: Yeah. Hello. Have you seen him? <laughs> like his barb is not just meant for mayorship. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He gets his stuff from Paris, <laughs> did you know that? So don't know if you listened to that interview with the <laughs> Nick but like awesome. Yes He gets his stuff from Europe, so
2: <laughs> now, now. He also said in that interview that he was borrowing stuff from his mother and his sister at the beginning. Well
3: that. that's true, but that was back in the day. <laughs> and just, now he's yeah. a leyenda. I, I mean just wanna... he is a legend of Lucha Libre for God's sake. So you right? Know, yeah. Right? Only the best I'm... for him.
2: Yep, yeah, I'm just throwing stories in there so that anybody who hasn't heard the interview might get curious and go listen. No right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> All so, right, that's on, the best City is.
2: It's still orange.
3: Orange. <laughs> orange. Okay.
2: Very orange. Still orange. Uh, probably gonna stay that way for a while. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it goes down instead of back up. But, you know, uh, that's where we're at. We're going to maybe see shows sometime in the future with audiences because that's what people are doing these days. And anyway, before I get myself <laughs> <it> all worked <laughs> up, uh, we had a little more on uh, the Blue Demon show. Um, Moxie 88, the production company behind the, uh, the Disney Channel series Ultraviolet and Blue Demon, is taking, um Maria Eugenia Espanda to, uh, EVP development and, 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 and the new role. So she's going to be a new EVP. She's mm-hmm. going to oversee Moxie's slate of film and TV projects leading the company, leading, and, and leading the company's outreach to potential collaborators, uh, keying on, and on highlighting diverse voices. So they're trying to get more, programming that is not just for uh white picket fence neighborhoods with 2.5 kids. Um, additionally, Esponda will be tasked with creating a bridge between film and TV production in Mexico and Latin America. So we may see more stuff coming coming north, more of the unique South American and Mexican programming coming north, which is kind of an exciting concept. They've got some really interesting shows uh that could really do well in, in the United States in this uh kind of madcap, we must have more entertaining and zany personality uh, sort of time that we live in now. So I'm excited about that, but I'm also excited that someone... Who's working on a lucha libre show is getting this level yeah. of power because we need more lucha content up here in the United States.
3: And it's just good representation, you know. Of, um, so I, I mean, to, <laughs> you get to actually see people within, you know, the Latino community have those those roles yeah. um, and and be in those positions to then be able to exactly that produce and pro, you know provide more
2: more lucha content more latino content more well i mean to use it again more diverse content because yes. it's gonna be it, it it's unique and uh, it, it's always good stuff um so yeah that's congratulations congratulations to uh maria on that that sounds great uh, and i look forward to to all of your projects being massively successful in my household because i'm going to be watching the heck out of all of it yeah um uh, in other kind of fun, good news, uh, Bandito went viral this week where he posted some footage from, with Bandito and a, a handful of other wrestlers assisting people at a vaccination clinic. It, it would seem to be mostly elderly or medically challenged people. There was a lot of wheelchairs and it was absolutely adorable to see them like interacting with these with these people as they were getting the vaccines they were uh you know having a great time they were doing it all in masks they uh did all have their shirts have shirts on so it wasn't you know full gear but uh it yeah. looked good and it was fun <laughs> yeah dusty saw it it
4: was, yeah, really, it was really cool yeah it was just yeah so cool <laughs> to see them out there and Mm-hmm. and helping the community and you know i mean it just yeah it's cool especially because we also saw bandito earlier in the like the subway videos with the yeah. masks and everything so it really shows how much he cares for the community and how much they are excited to see him and it's mm-hmm. it's awesome yeah
2: that, that has been a thing that has been very true of luchadors throughout uh the the lockdown period we've seen them doing things this whole time within the community, and it's one of the reasons that I, I gravitate more towards this. We saw Pagano several times doing things. We've seen, uh, uh, Phantasma handing out lunches to people. We've seen, you know, uh, wrestlers, uh, promoting mask wearing by yeah. fake chopping people who aren't wearing their masks. And, yeah.
4: and,
2: you know, like there's, they're just very involved in, in doing their part and using their their platform to do it which is just really always fun but i I really enjoyed this because it was it did so like i'm not going to name names of any specific one but you know more american wrestlers it might feel more like a press opportunity but this just felt like they were doing a thing and happened to get filmed so i was it was very cool to see that um, and then my last thing for the road back to shows is uh uh MLW is doing going to be doing another marathon series of filming. Uh the date that I was given by someone on this show is july tenth in Philadelphia. So uh I mean exciting to have MLW who's consistently doing great product and usually very representative with the luchadors. Back to to filming, they tend to shoot a lot of episodes all at once. So uh, hopefully they find they have ways of. Uh, well, they've been doing fairly safe processing with this, but yeah. Yeah,
3: and um, the the big news is that this will be open to crowds. So right now they've been just filming um, without an audience, but this is right now planned to be the first show um, in which they will welcome back uh, fans. So, uh, I that's think that's
2: exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So uh, this is going to just be, uh, big. I mean, you're, you're right as far as, you know, using that for future episodes of Fusion or unless they do decide to make this like a special event. Um, but it's, it may right now it's speculated or likely that it's just going to be used to, um, uh, film future episodes of, of Fusion. But yeah, MLW yeah. allowing fans back um it, and and doing uh, shows in front of a live audience again
2: and it's going to be a Philly crowd so you know they'll be uh very energetic
3: yeah i mean think <laughs> about it we don't I haven't seen any really of the other major promotions do it in front of a live audience uh, outside yeah. i mean really the only ones i could think of off the top of my head is uh NXT um, yeah, well
2: and then yeah. we'll see fans for the first time at WrestleMania yep, in, yep. for the WWE, so they're slowly creeping into it, but uh, MLW doing it is, is for me, a tiny bit more exciting than the WWE doing yeah. it, but we can talk about that later in the yeah. show. <laughs> so that's my road back to shows. Um, I, I'm just going to jump right into my indie roundup because there's not a lot going on. You did mention this is WrestleMania week. And another big thing that happens on WrestleMania week is a lot of indie promotions go to whatever city WrestleMania is happening in and round about Wednesday or Tuesday, uh, shows start popping up in small venues. And even though this is a COVID, is still a COVID year, we still had a bunch of, uh, matches that were announced. And I'd like to thank Cubs fan for Succinctly finding most of the Lucha-related ones. So Cubs fan over on Lucha blog did the work for me here. I'm not going to take credit for this, but we do have some matches that are going to be happening here. So um, on Thursday, GCW is going to have uh on Fight TV... They're gonna have uh, Gino, Medino, Gino Medina versus Hijo de Canis Lupus. Uh, some footage of a match between them has is already going around, and it's fantastic. So, yeah. if this is that same match, that's great. If it's a rematch, that's even better. Yeah. Um, uh, also on Thursday, another GCW for the Acid Cup, which is a tournament. You're going to have uh, Ares versus Aramis. That's Ares the luchador, not Ares the uh, American wrestler that was in ROH and NXT. <laughs> <laughs>
3: not the Austin kind, just the, yeah. Ares. the Austin,
2: Just Aries with a Z. Laredo Kid versus Brayden Lee and Dragon Bane versus KTB and it is a tournament so if any of them win they will then continue on in the tournament which will be going all weekend uh, so that Friday you'll have more chances to see that. This is also going to be on Fight TV, TV, that's GCW the Acid Cup and then GCW again is going to give us spring spring break on Friday and this has advertise gringo loco black taurus Aries Laredo Kid Dragon Bane Aramis um and then you yeah so so there you go. You've got big names. First one that that weekend that so far in this listing that has Black Taurus well the rest of those names you kind of see sneaking around there. Uh so uh, another big one on Friday that's seven PM G C W spring break also on fight and then um violence x suffering still on fight you have jack evans versus tony deppen so first off this is amazing to me because it's jack evans you see on AEW and it's tony deppen you see on ROH um but also it's uh it's two guys who have uh very they've had very similar career paths they're the young small guys who had to find a way to stand out in the roster so i think this one has the potential to be a really big story uh we'll see how that happens and how that plays out but that's what you got going into wrestlemania weekend since this show goes up on uh on the weekend a lot of this may have already happened but replay should all be available since they're on fight um And that's, so that's what I decided to focus on this week. But once again, I would like to point out that, uh, the, the Indie Roundup is, is a sort of a cooperative thing here. If you guys are promoting your shows, especially if you did a show on WrestleMania week and you've got Lucha talent, please tell me about it. Send me results. Send me footage. Uh, I will, I will do my very best to, to cover it as in depth as I can. Uh, but I will at least shout you out for sending me a message. So come on, guys. I would love to ha- cover all of your WrestleMania week stuff or anything. I'm not going to just cover limited to that. If you've got a Lucha-related indie show that you want me to see, it, just fire it away. That's, uh, I say it every week, and I'd love I, I love to have you guys interact with me. I've had a couple people send me stuff in the past, and it's uh, paid off big time for me. So I I more indie lucha that I get to see the better. But that's it for the indie roundup this week. Go go watch some of the massive amounts of WrestleMania week stuff that's going on, please.
3: Yes, it's. I mean, this is a big change from last year where a lot of independent shows, pretty much all of them, canceled um, and were yeah. not able to run. So yeah. not only is this a resurgence and a welcome back for WWE, but it's also a welcome back for independent promotions that run during WrestleMania weekend for yep. the independent wrestlers who wrestle during this weekend. And it's just, it feels good. I think it it just, as a fan, it feels good to, to see, uh, that whole ecosystem of wrestling happen yeah.
2: again. Yeah, my wrestling Twitter has been so much more positive this whole week. Mm-hmm. Lots of big congratulations, lots of people that I, I hadn't seen posting anything about being in matches finally posting. Uh match match results or pictures before or after the match. This is really great times. Um we're start I'm starting to feel more like wrestling is happening again.
3: Well, thank you, Brendan, for both the Road Back to Shows and the Indie Roundup. Next we're gonna kick it to Denise Alcedo who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central.
1: Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show, La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez, as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly Podcasts, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name
3: A big thank you to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting us know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central podcast network. Uh, I do want to give a big shout out to the team at Masks, Mats, and Mayhem. Uh, They did exactly what we thought we were going to hear from them when we talked about the Azteca underground, Lucha underground resurgence rumors. (laughs) So, and that was totally unplanned, uh, but they do talk about it. Cause of course, and that's why we said, especially, I know Brendan specifically said, if there's anything happening with Lucha Underground, <laughs> the team at Mass Mats and Mayhem will know about it. So it's, uh, it was awesome to hear that they covered it in this week's episode. So make sure you check it out along with the other podcasts on the Lucha Central podcast network. But you know what? We're going to keep on rolling. Dusty is going to bring us this week in WWE. Yeah,
4: so this week for WWE, I'm going to flip the script a little. We'll start with Monday Night Raw. And on Monday Night Raw, after arriving in a roughly $2.9 million U.S. Bugatti car, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, they showed up. They looked like money. It was amazing. But Miz and John Morrison insulted him. They painted his car. They wrote, hey, hey, hop, hop on the hood. Bad Bunny came out and had a promo, said that he used to respect The Miz, but The Miz doesn't respect him, and it was announced that instead of a singles match, we were getting what they should have announced all along, and it's now a tag oh. match, adding in Morrison and Damian Priest. Oh. But why, why wait this long? Like, well, uh, yeah, I
3: don't. I the only reason I think why is that maybe they wanted to have that press coverage with just Bad Bunny in the match for a few weeks. And then that's, add on yeah. Damian Priest, so you know maybe just the maybe the tag match wouldn't have made the rounds as well as it did yeah. um, compared to Bad Bunny being in a singles match. That's my theory.
2: That's that's, that's a strong yeah. theory. Yeah, I like very that. strong theory. I I just am uh, making the frustrated noises because, like, I had just gotten my head wrapped around it being a singles match. I know. (laughs) Just, like, I was ready for it. And then they changed it to the tag match that we all thought it was going to be weeks ago. And I'm like, but I I just, (sighs) can you stop playing with my toys? It (laughs) felt (laughs)
4: underwhelming to pay off, like, the the announcement of the tag edition. Yeah, it was just it
2: was it was missing the Teddy Long flavor at that point.
4: Yeah, (laughs) gonna go one on one
2: with the bad
3: bunny player. (laughs) Gonna make it a tag team match. (laughs) There it is.
2: (laughs) There it is. Oh, you four want to play? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we miss Teddy.
3: (laughs) Oh, I love Teddy always, always. And.
4: But we also, SmackDown, there have been very strong rumors within the online fan base this week that on this week's Friday night, SmackDown, April 9th, Ray and Dominic pick up a tag title win in the Fatal Four Way Championship match. This was a pre-taped show with a Thunderdome audience, and that's where the rumors are coming from. I obviously couldn't confirm or deny it by recording time, but I wanted to note it for those of us that you know would like to finally see WWE do something with Ray and Dominic. Mm-hmm. But it's also WWE, so it's rumored that they're using SmackDown as the pre-show and that the Mysterios, or at least the SmackDown tag titles, will not be appearing at WrestleMania.
2: They so, they are absolutely using it as the pre-show. They've already announced the Andre the Giant Battle Royal is going to be on SmackDown. So, um, they, apparently it's Peacock does not want to have, uh, like five hours of, of WWE live programming on, on one day. So make, it makes sense. But right. that, that means, uh, this is the weird part and this is where the pre-show always was weird The uh, that means that if this really is meant to be like a mini WrestleMania moment, it will not be on the DVD or the the historic lookbacks at WrestleMania because it happened on their pre-show instead.
4: Right. It'll be interesting to see. And that kind of leads us into our WrestleMania preview. So they've changed this, the format of this week's SmackDown to be the WrestleMania SmackDown. And even though they didn't announce it as the pre-show, like we've mentioned, it's the pre-show, the Android <laughs> Giant Memorial Battle Royale. This is probably going to be our best chance of the weekend to see the Luchadors signed with WWE. Um, firstly, there's a chance between the to see the face-off between all three members of Lucha House Party. That's really exciting. But we also have Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo, and Ricochet in the mix. So that adds a lot to the Lucha quotient of the match. The mm-hmm. math comes out to about 30% of the entrants being luchadors in the match so you know maybe WWE could do something and surprise us do something really interesting have a luchador win and I mean it's the numbers look good hopefully
3: I I mean yeah statistically yes because of how many (laughs) are in there but I don't know why (laughs) I just
2: just had the
3: the
2: weirdest thought process in my head on this which was that uh, you wouldn't expect a luchor to win the Andre the Giant battle because that's supposed to be about Andre's big man nice. legacy. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, and he went undefeated for years in Battle Royals. Like, you could always, uh, despite what the, uh, the Fox TV show will tell you, Andre the Giant did not lose Battle Royals. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, Uh, And uh, so but but because WWE has been so bad slash good about subverting expectations, maybe they'll let a little man win this year. That would be hilarious.
3: That would be pretty cool.
2: Do we know all the entrants in it, or have yes they all
4: okay. twenty have been announced? Um, I don't have the full list at hand, but the like I said, the full luchador list is uh, Kalisto, Grand Matalik, Lince Dorado, Angel Garza, Umberto Carrillo, and Ricochet.
2: So our NXT call up is not a luchador. That's no. A, okay.
4: Yeah. At least so far. <laughs> I mean, they announced 20 entrants, and that's probably how many they'll have, but it's going to be, so you never know. <laughs> and. Speaking of weird things (laughs) WWE does, there is no solid news on the plans yet, but WWE (laughs) President Nick Khan was interviewed this week and said that WWE now has a hyper-focus on Latin America and especially Mexico and specifically mentioned that they want to bring WWE production values and money to lucha libre by starting their own company in mexico they didn't want to buy or work with AAA or cmll they oh. wanted to do their own thing
2: i i call lies on that they totally wanted to buy both of those well, companies is, oh, is that
3: true. kind <laughs> of where maybe the rumors of an nxt latin america at one yes, point possibly i would assume yes absolutely. came about
2: yeah that I'm sure, I'm sure that's what it, it started with, is they wanted to f- to focus on breaking that market, but just like they, with Japan, they went out, they, it sounds like they went after big name companies and didn't get the results they wanted, so now they're going to try and just build their own promotion, which yeah. may work better in Mexico, because they love American money.
4: Yeah, it's true, <laughs> and... Andrade had something to say about that on Twitter. Yeah. He oh, said, yeah. and I quote: "More talent for sitting in the locker room." <laughs> oh, uh, who
2: says he can't speak English? Oh my God! Right?
3: Like how? I just like how is it that you have these plans to try and create a lucha libre brand, and you have one of the most famous luchadors you know, on your roster and you still don't have any plans for him.
2: Well, and, and then like a small handful of other really talented ones that could carry that. Like, I mean, Garza should be going nowhere but up right now. And uh, the fact that I'm saying his name and people listening to this are probably trying to remember which one he is, should tell you something. Uh, (laughs)
3: He's the one who cut his hair for a storyline that didn't happen. (laughs) He's he's the one that, yeah, takes off his
2: pants and has, you know, all of the charm going on. And they can't find a good angle for him, really?
4: I mean, like... Yeah. And they had those weird vignettes with Garza (laughs) where he would talk to the lady and hold the rose, you know, kind of (laughs) like the Continental from Saturday Night Live. (laughs) And... I mean, like it was oh, really genius. strange.
3: Oh, you're so right. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. that took me back. Yeah. <laughs> Would
4: you care
2: for some champagne? <laughs>
4: <laughs> See, and that's perfect for Garza. Like that is so good for him. And and that was kind of interesting. And then it just kind of faded away. And yeah. I just I'm baffled well, at what they and I mean like the Lucha House Party, Callisto. I mean, where is Calisto? I mean, I know we get to see quite a bit of Lince and Granita League, but Kalisto, he can speak English. He's an amazing all-around talent. I mean, like, they just – so many of these guys, they have nothing for, and I don't know if they're kind of hanging on to them until they can get something in Mexico and they're going to try to use them to help build up what they've got. I just – I'm baffled that they're –
2: And, yeah, and it's just – it sounds like it's more – luchadors that i'm going to love that i'm not going to get to see on tv so it just almost makes me angry
4: yeah it's we'll see what happens with it i mean wwe they like they mentioned this over japan the mexico thing so they yeah. seem fairly motivated and his exact words were we are hyper focused on mexico and so it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the near future. When I was there a few years ago and I tried to talk about Lucha Libre with people, everybody wanted to talk about John Cena, you know, mm-hmm. like they they have yeah. luchadors, but let's talk about John Cena. And so it was, WWE is big in Mexico and the name means a lot to people, you know, like to fans in Mexico. So it's interesting to see what will come of this. I'm, excited then you know my deepest impulses are optimistic but it's wwe and how can you be that optimistic about it so uh yeah we'll see
2: (laughs) i've been kicked too many
3: times
4: (laughs) and that kind of naturally leads us into our aew segment and You know, This week was kind of interesting, not a ton of Lucha content, but there was still a lot of great stuff. First up on Dark Elevation, we had our highlight match, and this week it was Danny Limelight versus Ten from the Dark Order. This was a great match with a lot of psychology. I especially liked the way Danny Limelight continued to work Ten's arm and tried to keep the momentum in his favor, but it just didn't work out. He was just largely overpowered by ten. Danny Limelight is still on his way up, even though he had the loss on this match. But with a lot of momentum behind ten right now, it made for an interesting match and was really a great example of how somebody can look really good even when they lose like this is you know I mean they both came out better for this match. excellent. And, oh, I also want to give a shout-out to Britt Baker. She had a match with Alex Gracia. It was a very quick squash match, but her heel work is fantastic. It gets better every week, and it was so good. I just had to mention that. And then we have Tuesday Night Dark. And our highlight match for Dark was the main event between TH2 and Bear Country. This was a really nice clash of the two styles. Bear Country were just trying to use their brute strength to their advantage, and TH2 tried to counter with more technical and submission and just TH2-style work. But eventually strength won out in the end, and Bear Country picked up the win and some momentum before facing Jurassic Express on Dynamite. And I kind of wish I hadn't mentioned Bear Country versus Jurassic Express on Dynamite, but here we are. (laughs) <laughs> this match was not good. Like it, it wasn't the worst match I've ever seen, but it was incredibly sloppy and it just completely shattered my suspension of disbelief. I I don't know what the the issues were, but the pacing, the rhythm, nothing ever really caught on. And finally, Luchasaurus got the win for Jurassic Express with a chokeslam and a standing moonsault. But again, this match was not for me. And it's a shame that it was really our only Lucha-centric match this week because it was a real dud. But after that, we had Death Triangle show up. Pack is back. He's with Ray and Penta. And they were being interviewed by Tony about how next week they get a tag team championship match. And we have best friends come out. Orange interrupts and says it's nice to see them together again, and then we get a clip of when Death Triangle tried to turn Orange Cassidy into a ghost at last year's AEW Revolution. (laughs) And then on Dynamite last year when they attacked him again, they remember what Death Triangle did, but Pac thinks they're just trying to get clout towards their own run at the Tag Team Championships because they're not worthy on their own. And Trent agrees and says that they need to work their way up, but they want to remind Death Triangle that the boys are back in town and now they've got an alien with them, and it sets up a future feud. I'm excited for it. I believe we're still owed a street fight between the best friends and Lucha Bros. And, mm-hmm. You know, Santana and Ortiz stepped into that role last year, but I I really want that street fight, and I hope that's what we're building to. And, oh. I mean, like, that's kind of the natural lead-in, right? Like, it's got to be what we're headed for, hopefully. Uh,
2: No, it'll change in three weeks. This is is the new... AEW's going down that path with me, too, where they're going hot and cold, and they're building people... I I mentioned this off the air, but I'll bring it... uh, You know, you had had, uh, Lance Archer make a promo about it, like... You, you, they, they bring me up and then I disappear and then I, they bring me back up and I disappear and that's what they're doing with everybody. And, and, uh, so, I mean, like that, that this best friends thing that we might be building to may not happen. They, you know, somebody may get hurt again or they may decide that best friends need to have a rematch with, uh, Miro for whatever reason and, and it goes sidetracked again and it just, I am just getting more and more frustrated with the inconsistency of the usage of most people in AEW, not just luchadors. Yes. It's 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 a problem all throughout the promotion right now.
3: Yeah. It, well, and there were
4: so many wrestlers on the show last night.
3: Yeah.
4: You know, I mean, uh, yeah. seventy-two, I believe, and
2: I mean, the number I mean, that was going around.
4: Yeah, I mean, like, how do you – I mean – and, and like, to the casual fan, the person that doesn't watch often, they tune in and see all these people. It has to be overwhelming. Like, Uh think about what they're doing with Kenny Omega. If you didn't watch New Japan seven years ago, you don't really know much of what's going on with the story. I mean, they just assume that we all know that. And so it's really – a strange time, story-wise, right now in AEW, with trying to cram as many people in as they can. Now they've got this thing with Impact. It doesn't ever benefit Impact, it seems, mm-hmm. and it and doesn't. It, it just adds more people to the AEW roster. And I mean, I I love Thunder Rosa. Her work in AEW has been incredible. But I mean, like. She doesn't even work for them. I
3: was going to say, she's the exception to the rule as far as one of the few people who have been elevated through their programs. Like her and Britt Baker have been now the highlights of the women's division. But Mm -hmm. now a lot of the the issues that we've seen in the women's division is trickling into all of these other areas of – of AEW and they also seem because of the fact and I don't know whether one is causing the other that maybe they want to have all these factions so they bring on more people or they have all these people and they don't know what to do with them but put them in a faction but you I I feel like you're diluting the waters and nothing feels that special anymore because you see so much of it you know factions feel like they're losing their their flair and their importance because literally everyone is in a faction.
2: And then um, bringing you one out every week.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
4: yeah. Or adding somebody to an existing one. I mean, yeah. um, we saw that uh, with uh, Taz yeah. trying to recruit Christian. and I mean, like, it's yep. just strange. I mean, like, the way that they, yeah, posit everybody and use everybody. But also, speaking of a lot of guys on screen at once, we had the inner circle reforming and seemingly turning face and laying it down to pinnacle that on Wednesday, May the 5th, El Cinco de Mayo, we are going to have a five-on-five blood and guts match between Jericho's inner circle and MJF's pinnacle. Last year you may recall that the Highlights of the stadium stampede For many people were Basically Sammy's entire existence In the match and Santana and Ortiz's work with Matt Hardy We also had Santana and Ortiz in the Amazing street fight match with best Friends and I think again this Year that these are going to be the three most Important guys to watch in this match I mean there's going to be a lot of action going on Five on five Mm -hmm. but I, I Truly think that Sammy Santana And Ortiz are going to be the the stars of the match, just based on their previous work.
2: Well, we've seen over and over again that Sammy is the guy that seems to step up when they give him these big opportunities. Mm-hmm. And Santana and Ortiz aren't far behind on that. Um, but It's just hard. They're to-
4: really <laughs> like the best men's tag team in AEW. They just never get the chance to yeah. show it off. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean- a whole, that's a mistake too, but – yeah, and it's just be like, there's so many things they could do there with them, and it's been so long. They had all the, yeah, I don't know. There's just been a lot with AEW going on lately, and but we can look forward to next week. We are getting a tag team championship match between, uh, well, not the entire Death Triangle, but Pack and Ray Phoenix and the Young Bucks, and so that's kind of interesting. Hopefully it leads into something. The Bucks have recently turned heel, so it's you know again on yeah. Twitter, I
2: guess.
3: <laughs>
4: so
2: so so that that brings back more consistency issues, though, because Death Triangle is working heel against uh, the, uh, the 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 best friends. Yeah. So uh, you know where are the fans divided, where's the fans divided attention supposed to be at right now, and it just Oh. It means it, which means we're probably going to see a uh, Schma's angle or Death Triangle is going to uh, is going to be pseudo face and and uh, and it won't be an interesting match and it just they could we're we're getting to this point where, this is where I'm to the WWE level of frustration if you have a roster this good do something with it instead of just kind of dinking around and you know seeing what sticks.
4: Yeah, that's uh, honestly one of my biggest complaints with AEW is that they, you know, they kind of dab something at you to see if you like it, and you're like, oh, that might be interesting, but if it doesn't really click, they're on to the next thing. I mean, the whole thing between Cody and Penta, I mean, like, that looked like it was going to be serious. You know, I mean, yep. like, they really had a lot of fighting, work, and then they just dropped it. And, yep. I mean, went nowhere, yep. so I'm. Yeah, it's really frustrating what's going on. This was one of the most frustrating episodes of Dynamite for me in a long time. And
3: yeah. it's it, it just Things just became very apparent, like you said, with so much happening, and maybe that they're still, they're still growing some storylines, but it just seems like you don't see a clear direction with a lot of things, and again, it's almost like a copy and paste copy and paste. For me, like, I said this off the air. I feel like QT Marshall having his own faction now is jumping the shark. Yes. Like literally, like, you know, I think they still needed some more time to build up QT and that whole dynamic with the Nightmare family before mm-hmm. giving him his own faction. But, like, we've seen the Hardy, Brian Hardy family now uh, mm-hmm. with with new members. You still have the elite, or you know. Whatever they call themselves, you know, the the inner circles now uh, re, recalibrated. Um, even things like the death triangle. There's just so much. I feel like you're just you're losing the importance of factions. Well, the one thing that's made them so unique is that not everyone is in one. But I feel like in AEW, that's the problem. Everyone is in a faction yeah you're
4: aligned um, with somebody one way yeah, or another
3: yeah you have you know taz's fa- like you just have so so much and like ultimately what is this leading to what are the points of all these factions well we do- and
2: yes. yeah sorry there's i, I you, as you were talking about that i was realizing there's different types of of uh, factions going on here too because uh the nightmare family and uh and the ftw collective are about training dojos and they would if you had more factions like that you could have interesting things but you have the dark order which is about uh misfit wrestlers finding a place to belong and what's up with that and uh you know the death triangle was originally supposed to be really good international record wrestlers trying to tightly align so they could push further up the card and nothing's happening there sorry i didn't mean to, uh, just, no no
3: no it's a, it's a <laughs> good point because like you make it all make sense <laughs> but that's not what is portrayed on tv um so i feel like there was more definition as to who these are i mean essentially if we're not getting a wrestling version of the warriors in some kind of pay-per-view <laughs> then what are we doing
2: but that's to, that's kind of where i was going with it they're all going doing different things if we had if it was all about who you train with you could have the warriors like that cuz you could, you know, we we train we train lucha libre so we're going to fight these guys that do comedy style because they're not luchadors, right? That's well, a good story. You're describing yeah. what's
3: happening in Ring of Honor that's actually <laughs> really good now. You have yeah, oh, You <laughs> right.
2: Damn it, I am.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, now we're telling AEW watch what Ring of Honor's doing and just do that. Just do what, what Ring of Honor's doing, AEW. <laughs> Because that's almost what it is at this point too. Yeah. You know, Ring of Honor now has you—you know—the pure teams. Of course, you have your your Lucha Libre teams, and now you have this kind of hybrid faction now. Forget yeah. what the the name of the new faction is, but you know that's that's enough too. AEW is knowing how to kind of balance it all. I mean, it, Ring of Honor um, right. is knowing how to tell story with it as well. So yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's, it's a, now that it's come out that I must have been subtly thinking about it. I promise you that's not what I was thinking of. But that's, hey, okay, because
3: I, that's <laughs> almost like, that's how, a, but, how Ring of Honors is being more, yeah. uh, successful because it's defined it's almost like exactly what i'm just joking about yeah. you know aw watch some ring of honor get a little <laughs> bit more direction and yep. try again it's
2: it's it, it's it's a narrative and it it yeah. it flows it makes me want to tune in each week like i am excited to watch roh each week to see how they're developing that's st- any of those storylines including the the uh the uh the mexico squad Break up like we were talking about last week like that that faction breaking up is more interesting to me than AEW introducing a new faction each week so uh,
3: well (laughs) you can get the results for all the shows that we just talked about raw smackdown AEW on luchacentral.com but up next we have a Mass Republic, well, uh, some updates regarding Mass Republic, uh, promo- or not to <laughs> say promotions, but Mass Republic, uh, events, related events, and some products. Uh, the big update is that Expo Lucha announcement came out this week that Expo Lucha, the non-virtual version, um, that was scheduled for Philadelphia this June has been postponed, um, until 2022. So we are not going to get a live Expo Lucha until next summer. So Uh,
2: Lizzie has to wait a whole year to go on her date.
3: Wow. That's a long time to wait for a date. But you are correct. She would have (laughs) to wait a whole year for her date with uh, Mr. Iguana. So, you know, hopefully, you know, she she holds out. I don't know. I don't think she should wait. She should go on and move on with her life, you know, like (laughs) do her. She can't wait forever for Mr. Iguana. Right. yeah. But, yeah. But but that means we all have to wait another year before we can see some live Lucha Libre uh, in part to Expo Lucha. So there is an announcement made by Mass Republic on all of their social medias and on the Expo Lucha website um, with information as to, you know, why yeah. the details Um, which, you know, encompasses everything from, uh, you know, social distancing measures to visa issues and travel restrictions. So there's still, even though we are on the the mend and we are getting into this new space, uh, almost not post-pandemic, you know, clearly, but uh, we're, you know, getting better. There's still a lot of challenges um, that any live event faces in order to run.
2: Yeah, yeah, yes, I, that's it, true. It really felt like with that announcement. I appreciate Kevin's uh, willingness to to put all of the factors on the line and give us that really in depth peek behind the curtain. It yeah, just felt like was it nice. was too many too many bricks or too many straws on the camel. Like it was no one thing, but there were so many little things that it just didn't feel like it was the right choice to to try and go forward. And and I, I fully support it when he the way he. He spelled it out.
3: So everyone will have to wait just one more year until the next Expo Live Lucha event, the another uh, live event. But I'm sure we're going to get another uh, virtual event or two in the meantime. I hope so. Yeah. And no, no dates have been announced, but it's, uh, you know, keep yeah. my fingers crossed. Um, also, in some other pretty exciting news, uh, Lucha Dash Masks has released a new RVD mask.
4: Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. And, and very RVD. If you know his style, it definitely looks like his style. It's got the yin-yangs. I was yeah. going to say, the it's, initials, not, it's not an yeah.
3: RVD style but it doesn't have the yin-yangs. <laughs> I wasn't going to trust it, but as soon as you said it, I said, all right.
2: Yes. <laughs> That was the uh the big thing I remember from his uh early days was the, like, he had all of those uh hand painted sets and the the mask makes me it's very reminiscent of those
4: it is absolutely so, yeah
3: We'll go to lucha-masks.com to see the new RVD mask and lots of other fantastic masks that you can purchase. Um, and again, these are in limited quantity, so many times once they sell out, they're gone for good. So make sure you go to lucha-masks.com. Also, just Mass Republic. All of the uh, usual content and items uh, related to Mass Republic are all available online. So make sure if you're looking for some awesome Lucha Libre merchandise, uh, you check out Mass Republic. All right. So I feel like I'm getting into my happy place now uh, because <laughs> we're talking about NXT, and we knew this was going to happen because for you know some of the complaints that we had about AEW. I think the consensus so far, I haven't even gotten asked for a consensus, but I'm just guessing (laughs) the consensus is that we were all pretty happy with Nights 1 and Nights 2 of Standing River. Is that safe to say?
2: Yeah, yeah. The small nitpicks as always, but, I mean, overall, awesome, awesome show.
3: Well, let's get into it because there were, uh, I mean, a all the matches were great in their own merits. Um, and of course, some were, were better than others. Um, uh, but let's get into it as far as the Lucha Libre content. Um, and with night one, we had the NXT tag team championships, uh, on the line. They were vacated, uh, when, uh, the previous champions, um, oh my gosh, uh, Oni Lorcan and, yeah. Uh, kept, kept forgetting Birch, Danny Birch. Birch yeah. yes yes um had to vacate the titles due to injury so the top three contenders for the championships uh were uh in a triple threat match of course MSK who won the opportunity for an NXT tag team title match uh by winning the Dusty Classic of course you also had the Grizzled Young Veterans and Legado de Fantasma and you know this is going to be kind of a different format as far as you know hitting some highlights and then you know talking about it as a as a trio because we all watched Takeover and I know we yeah. all have thoughts uh, about it. Um so the first match for me was a was a go from the start with everyone kind of just flying around throughout the entire mm-hmm. uh match but starting off in the beginning I really love both uh, Joaquin Wilde and Roman simultaneous dives outside of the yeah. ring. Yes,
4: that, that was incredible.
3: Really, really good timing. Um, but I love uh, Carter and and Wes. I mean, they. I for me, like they just. I'm so happy for them that they did end up winning this. Um, seeing yeah. them as the Rascals and Impact, and them coming to NXT. Um, you know, not only to win the Dusty Cup, but the tag titles is very, very fitting. Um, but I thought this was also a great showcase for Legado de Fantasma, um, and even Grizzled Young Vets. These were kind of, kind of the wild cards because mm-hmm. you knew with MSK and Legado de Fantasma, they were very much in that high-flying style. But Grizzled Young Vets with the British Strong style. We're able to kind of slow the pace a, a bit more. But um, your thoughts on this on this match, guys, um, and kind of the end result, and what you think this also may mean for Lagarto the Fantasma.
4: Um, I loved the match. I I want to shout out the mask at the beginning. Yeah, uh, King yes. Wild's mask. <laughs> yeah, it was very cool. Very very T <laughs> ten. Um, kind of mixed with King from Tekken, but it worked. I loved it. And, and like, uh, Lucha blog, again, we'll mention him. He said, you know, everybody in Lucha Libre borrows from somebody.
3: <laughs>
4: and, and so like, that's just the way it is. And like, uh, it was awesome. Uh, the match was amazing. I really wanted like Del Fantasma to win, yes. but like you mentioned, having seen the rascals and, uh, impact. And then now, like I, I wasn't mad about it. I, I was really excited. Great match. And it, Usually when you have these triple threat matches, especially in a tag team scenario, you see one two guys at a time or one team at a time, uh, you know, or face off each other. But these guys were really constantly in the mix one way or another, and it was just a more dynamic triple threat than we normally get. And I was really impressed with that.
2: I I tell you, I was mad about it because not only did I have <laughs> Not only did I predict that Legato del Fantasma was going to win and we could have a little bit of a faction going, mm-hmm. but, uh, I also thought that it would be better for, uh, Miranda's team to, uh, to, to chase for a little while because they're already yeah. popular and they're over. I thought, you know, putting them, giving them the belt means that they have there's not a lot left for them to do already that's and that's madness but had legado del fantasma used their usual tactics and won then they you could have gotten a rematch and rematch and you know i mean you could have done a lot with that and both teams would have gotten elevated so i don't know what's going to happen with them now but uh uh i mean it's NXT so it's not going to be awful
3: well <laughs> no, it it's a good point and and I mean this does leave so i understand exactly what you mean mm-hmm. as far as you know chasing gold that yep. m s k really came in as an underdog in the dusty classic and even um yep. after the short injury to to wesley that um you know you 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 weren't quite sure if they could do it. Um, but I also think that's kind of part of the allure of, of bringing them in. They oh, yeah. were a pretty high-profile name to bring in in their class, and so they, I'm sure there was this element of wanting to see the payoff right away uh, because at the end of the day, too, they have the potential to move up. I could absolutely see them on SmackDown, even on Monday yeah. Night Raw. Do I want them to? No, because just don't. <laughs> don't just do know. it. Just don't, don't do it. I will always point to that movie, that that point in uh, Billy Madison when he comes back. You know, Billy comes back to the third grade and the kid <laughs> tells him, "I can't wait to grow up. I can't wait to go to high school." And Billy just grabs his face and says, "Don't you ever say that. Don't you dare ever say that." Yeah, no, I feel like that's somewhat of the same with, with NXT and, and Ron SmackDown. Don't you dare want to leave. But it's it's very it's very possible. So, you know, um but it still sets up, you know, a good potential for the future. Uh you could still see uh Grizzled Young Vets and Legato still fight over number one contendership. You could still see yeah. Legato win. Um yeah. who, who oh, I mean
2: I will be I will be hugely shocked if they don't win in the near future but you know absolutely
3: i agree and then we had the main event of night one Eo shirai versus raquel gonzalez yes and this, i mean yes yeah, obligatory brendan just celebration <laughs> if anything this has been the pinnacle of now a year's worth of work for raquel gonzalez uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so it's it's amazing to see how much she's evolved and changed in the year plus since um aligning herself Uh, With Dakota Kai. Um, But for as far as the match, you know, Raquel used her power early, really from the bell. She was really trying to force uh, her way with with Io Shirai. Um, Even though Io was trying to kind of move out of the way um, and really used her speed and her high flying to try and stop Raquel, there was always a roadblock, there was always a wall that Io kept hitting. And yes. that was being Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, <laughs>
2: it's her but, back.
3: Yeah, it's her Yes. Yeah. That's true. I mean there was a great uh segment when uh Raquel and Io was out they were outside of the ring and Io did what she meant to do last week with uh Zoe Stark and she was able to drive Io Shirai's shoulder into the ring post. Um, and then before that, I mean, the, the moonsault by Eo was again so perfect. And, oh and I gosh, love both stop. her salts mm-hmm. and her cross bodies are my favorite things to watch. Um, and then we did see a moment where Raquel, um, trying and catch, or she did uh, catch Yoshirai on the top rope as she was trying to kind of walk her way to the center but got, grabbed her and was trying to get to the choke slam. but Yoshirai really did a cool counter and rolled into the cross face which I thought was so great. Um, and then yeah, eventually okay. they made it back outside of the ring and then we had that the, the picture all over Twitter where Io Shirai was on top of the Stand and Deliver skull and did a, a big crossbody onto Raquel.
2: Yeah, that was always. crazy. Yeah, it
3: was really crazy awesome. special. yeah. Very, it just it's, always...
2: It's, <laughs> so what I, I, I liked about that is uh, that felt more natural. Like, a lot of the times you'll see these people that their thing is they want to do... Big, crazy stunt dives, and there will be a big, weird setup to it or long, awkward pause while they mm-hmm. climb and lose their footing or whatever. But it was, you blinky, you miss it. She was at the top of the skull, and then all of a sudden, she's flying off the skull, and there was, you know, the natural break afterwards where both of them looked like they might be dead. Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I didn't at any point think, well, that looked fake no. or that looked that looked like they, you know, Raquel was waiting too long or yeah. any of that. Because was, that was yeah. almost
3: what Io yeah. had to do because Raquel yeah. is so strong right. that the yeah. only thing that Yo had in her arsenal was, you know, util- utilizing her body to keep throwing herself on her. That's why she did the moonsault. That was her second cross body um, mm-hmm. by the time that, that at that point of the match. Um, so I, I think it was more of a strategy. Um, no, that push. and that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what it felt as well. When they did get back into the ring, though, uh, Raquel managed to hit a huge lariat and then the final choke slam. Which man? Well, before that, she did a choke slam on the outside of the ring uh, on the ground, which seemed like it hurt. And when they got back in, she hit the lariat and then a choke slam, which you could hear. You could just could tell yeah. that when she hit that final choke slam in the middle of the ring, that was it, and she got the three count and became the new NXT Women's Champion.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
5: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? I mean thoughts um, on uh,
4: yeah yeah it was I, an incredible match it left you out of breath when you were yeah. done watching it like it was yeah, yeah I mean
2: I was I was so excited on this I mean yeah uh people were asking online what was your favorite match of the night and I mean overwhelmingly the Walter match was was winning yes. and I'm like I, but I felt like this match really rivaled the the raw emotion and the the intensity and and uh, I was there for this match in oh, much yeah. the same yeah. way.
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. One, it's going to be a match of the year contender at this point, even though it's yeah. still fairly early. Um, I yeah, that's absolutely see a, a match of the yeah. of the year. But you're right, the Walter. Tommaso Ciampa match too I myself wasn't going to, to, to Pay that close attention to it But I couldn't help it It's it hard was, not to yeah. was, yeah. That <laughs> was really really good And one thing I noticed that both Raquel and Walter Did in their pins is really use their body weight To try yes. and Get on top of their opponents Which I really yeah. appreciated Because it is one of those things that as the bigger person You need to leverage more often And even though I saw it in both matches It made sense why they did it
2: yep especially so. since both of them were against people that were too uh persistent if you didn't yes. cover them just right they were gonna kick out anyway so you just it made it feel more real and more uh you know like there's there on that pin even though raquel hit the the uh the choke slam i was still like worried oh she's gonna kick out mm-hmm. and, that's you know. what i thought too that's yeah. what I thought too.
3: <laughs> So yes, a new age in the NXT women's division. Um, Raquel beating the third longest reigning NXT women's champion, um, which they did talk about on commentary for quite some time. Uh, and they've mentioned it multiple times. So beating someone who's been fairly unbeatable, who's gone through a majority of the roster, this is huge. It's yeah. huge. And it's a big turning point, um, in the women's division. So. Um, A big congratulations to Raquel Gonzalez I love that there was a fun photo of her and Santos Escobar um, Uh. uh, After she won And it was just one of those things Especially to us Latinos like, Just makes you so proud Yeah Yeah, Very cool Speaking of Santos In the opening match of night 2 We had the NXT Cruiserweight Championship Unification Match yeah. Uh ladder match, Santos Escobar versus Jordan Devlin. And uh, you know, this one for me it was the Spanish Flies. And the fact that Jordan Devlin was the one initiating those Spanish Flies. Um, I yeah. have to give credit to Jordan Devlin. He really took some chances here. Um, not only did he do that, but he did a crazy moonsault off a ladder. So he was more of a high flyer than Santos Escobar. Um, but I think it was because Santos was a lot more into Intentional and strategic, and that is why he's been one of mm-hmm. the longest reigning, if not at this point, one of the, the longest reigning um, cruiserweight champion in in history. We did see, I mean, we talked about it earlier in the tag match, you know, where was Santos going to get involved? Not so much there, but we did see Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde coming down right as Jordan Devlin was about to reach for the titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and they attacked Devlin and and created enough of a distraction. This is no DQ, so there wasn't anything that could be done.
2: Yeah, except send out more refs, which is what they did. Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, And then uh, as far as the final moments, they were both on top of two ladders, very close to in the grips of both titles, Um, and then Santos headbutted Jordan Devlin off the ladder, and he fell through another ladder, um, yeah. and he was able to to get the win, take the two titles, and he is your unified uh, NXT Cruiserweight champion. So justice is still being served. I remember screaming at my phone as I was watching this. <laughs> take it. Take it. Just grab it because he did have yeah. some moments where he just kind of looked up. Once it's He's really
2: sold. casual about it.
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> But I also noticed that the fans seemed to in, enjoy him. The boos were coming to Jordan Devlin, and at the end of the match, his son came out, and he had his yeah. son wear his mask and, you know, one of the belts. So it felt very face-ish, face-ish, which was kind of a surprise. Despite
2: um, the fact that he worked heel through the right? whole match. Yeah, <laughs> so I, yeah, I was kind
3: of confused. But the, the latter match was great. Was it one – I mean – it's hard to compete in ladder matches within NXT. There's been so many, and as you guys noted in the chat, yeah. you know the commentary kept playing up. It is the first ladder match ever for the Cruiserweight Championship, <laughs> yes, you know. so it had a lot of expectations to set up. Um, and even the way that Shawn Michaels came in, you know, the weeks prior to set it up, like it had a lot of high expectations set forth. Um, was it out of the water? No, not necessarily, but not because of lack of effort. I think it's just because. You know, it's, it's the expectations were set very high, but we do now have a distinct unified champion. You yep. know who it is, and that is Santos Escobar.
2: And Devlin's recognizing on social media that he lost. So, I mean, yeah, it's it is it is a thing at this point. Um, one of the things to your to your point about Phantasma being more grounded and tactical was that impacted the the flow of the match like the ladder matches have been evolving at a crazy pace over the past few years uh you have a lot of weird ladder structures getting built for no discernible reason and then people falling through them and coming back up to do spots yeah. you didn't have that you didn't <laughs> have like you had a ladder set up on top of a turnbuckle i think was the most sophisticated ladder use that i saw i can't remember anything worse than that and Mm -hmm. and that felt natural and tactical yes very Um, true i
3: think jordan devlin did some great things it was towards the beginning of the match when he first pulled out a ladder from underneath the ring when santos you know did the baseball slide out jordan just pulled that that ladder in to hit santos where he knew he was going to be so i absolutely agree it was more practical usage of ladders in this match
2: Yeah. And so that, that's going to make it different for some people. For me, that made it better than most of the ladder matches I've seen in the last two or three years. But, um, I don't, I don't know. I I have to really think on it if I think to decide if I think it's one of the classic all time ladder matches. It's, uh, you know, it's hard to, to compare to that, that, that intercontinental match that really introduced most people to ladder matches.
3: Yeah. I you know. It, it's hard. I But I do think and what commentary did also play up is that Santos has really done and Jordan Devlin as well. But I think primarily Santos has done a fantastic job of elevating the cruiserweight championship where now, yes. you know, we didn't get the cruiserweight championship on takeovers hardly ever. Nope. Um, And and now it's more of a main staple. I hope it remains this way. I hope the Cruiserweight Championship does not get neglected again, um, and it just gets bypassed for something else. Um, Because it is an NXT title.
2: Yeah, it being an NXT title now, it's less likely to happen. Um, That is nothing against the 205 product, but there's considerably less visibility for 205, making it easier for people to accidentally forget about it, but because it's an NXT product now, there's a fan base that is going to want to see it.
3: Uh,
2: gonna, I, I just uh, I just wanna once again go again with I love that Phantasma's son was there because they I mean he's talking about this online and other things. It's about it he keeps saying it's about legacy, family. it's about Lucha Libre, it's about family um, you know, obviously his father couldn't be there. He's got responsibilities, but they, uh, they're showing comparisons to that happening to him in triple, in triple A where it, it was, uh, grandfather, father and, and son doing that. I mean, you know, and, uh, I, I just, that is something that uh, continues to keep me enthusiastic about all of Legado del Fantasma. So I really yeah. wanted to, to shout that out too.
3: Absolutely agreed. Agreed. Fun, fun match, and yes, El emparador de Lucha Libre is still campeón. So I'm happy. With, I'm I'm a happy camper. Yeah. Uh, up next real quick, we did have the NXT women's tag titles defended. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, uh, defended them against the Way. Uh, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae, uh, had an awesome spot, uh, with a Tower of, of Doom, um, led by Indy Hartwell, utilizing her, her strength and her, uh, size, um, to help support everyone on that. This is also where we saw that reckless abandonment of Shotzi Blackheart and giving us a scary moment when mm-hmm. she dove in between the ropes and kind of overshot her target and yes. landed on her head and neck towards the bottom of the barricade slash floor. Um, so that's it's it's moments like that that make you say, gosh, Shotzi, I'm scared. You scared me. <laughs> uh, but She's a scary lady.
2: She scared she
3: scares me, but uh she was okay. And then even Ember Moon dived after that as well. Um and then the match ended with a double eclipse um from Ember Moon and then a diving senton um for Shotzi to uh pin Indy Hartwell, I believe. Um and so that is again uh, seeing Shotzi is in in this dynamic with her and Ember has been great. I mm-hmm. think it's a it's a perfect pairing. Again, Shotzi still sometimes scares me with that reckless abandonment, but that <laughs> is always her style and her aesthetic. My hope yeah. is that they move on from this and they have some new contenders come into play um in the future. So. Uh, for for what yeah. it is. Now, I do want to mention that both nights we did have promo packages featuring a new woman who's going to be on the roster. Uh, yeah. Same dog that we saw last week, which uh, alludes to Ty Valkyrie, but it looks like she will be getting a new name in Frankie Monet. Um, we yeah. didn't see her face, but we saw a lot of, you know, hints as to, you know, Frankie Monet being Ty Valkyrie.
2: We saw a famous yeah. dog and we saw fur boots. I mean, yep. it, it it could still be Tyler Breeze.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could, but likely not. So we will see next Tuesday when NXT I... airs. Uh, but it does look like we we do have a new name for Ty Valkyrie.
2: Yeah, therein is one of the nitpicks I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, I went on record, I believe it was last week. Yeah. I said I thought she she was a big enough star, and here we are. They're rebranding her as Frankie Monet, most likely. And uh, first off, I'm not a fan of the name, but uh, also
3: eh, I, I think it will grow <laughs> uh, grow on us. Uh, maybe,
2: maybe. Uh, I mean, it's unfortunately it's in a pretty deep hole because it the name should be Taya Valkyrie or Taya Freakin Valkyrie, but you yeah. know.
3: Yeah. Very <laughs> true. Anyway, yeah. uh, it'll be an uphill battle. We'll see. <laughs> I, I think. Hopefully, her entrance in NXT will be a big difference maker. I feel like, you know, I mean, going back to what we saw at the end of night one, we are now in a big transitional state in NXT in the women's division. You Mm -hmm. think about all the shades of when different champions have passed through, you know, Io took the helm technically from Charlotte, but more from Rhea Ripley. Um, And 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 Rhea took the helm from Shayna Baszler, who took the helm from Ember Moon, who took the helm from Asuka, and so when you who took it from Bailey, who took it from you know like just a really really long lineage, and so now it's you know uh, now it's Raquel's reign, and having building up contenders like Zoe Stark, who was on the pre-show against Tony Storm, like a debuting Frankie Monet. Means that we're getting a new age of the NXT Women's Division, and even though sometimes it feels like a slump, they've always risen to the occasion, and I don't see any difference in in this iteration.
2: No, not at all. Uh, you know, and, and they I mean, they said it in promos. They're they're calling it out. This is the the best women's division, so the you can't have you can't have too much of a slump when you're at the top, anyway. Yep. So.
3: And at this point, they're gonna stay remaining at the top because, like we said, AEW's <laughs> being messy right now. Raw SmackDown is sports entertainment. Ring of Honor is not even bringing anything till the summer, so you know they got time. They're, they they're, got,
2: they, they're the only ones that have a chance to even reach for that brass yes, ring. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Impacts is you know, I mean, they, they could they recover something. NXT got Taya, which means they got most of the, <laughs> <laughs> the best in the yeah. women's division. Yeah. Okay. Though, Impact is teasing a new uh, knockout coming out. I don't, don't know if it's a new or returning knockout, but still, they have a hole left from Taya. Anyways, as I digress, the main event of night two, it was the NXT Championship on the line carrying Cross versus Finn Balor. Um, And the promo package to this was beautiful. The way that the entrances were done were awesome. I loved the black and white effect of Karrion Mm Cross and Finn Balor in particular put a big X on his shoulder, um, which, man, I thought was really pretty powerful um, because Finn's been in the same situation as Karrion, but they've addressed it very differently. It was interesting with Finn kind of smiling a lot and enjoying kind of the frustration that Karrion Cross was facing. Of course, slow pace. That's how Karrion Cross's match start. You, you slowly mm-hmm. work and then you build up. Um but Karrion used a lot of his peer strengths in delivering some big Lariat clothes lines and of course utilizing his judo background for some chokeholds. One of the more interesting parts of that match was when Finn got a big two count, almost the win when he uh, landed the Coupe de Gras, but then Carrion reversed that into a chokehold. And so that too was like Carrion is just so stealthy. Um and even for someone his size where you think you always can see him, he'll pull out things that you just don't expect. Yeah. Uh towards the end of the match, we saw Carrion deliver some multiple forearms to the back of Finn's neck and head while Finn Balor was down. Um and then as the match ended, we saw the big forearm again, which now makes me understand why we don't see that uh, Saido suplex as the, the finishing maneuver anymore. They've really been playing up that that big forearm to the back of the head as the finishing maneuver for weeks now, and it makes sense now that I see the end of that match. Um, but Karrion Cross gets the pin, and once again becomes NXT champion.
2: I like it as a finisher. It's a non-standard finisher. So it doesn't look like it's just another generic big move, but because you can see through the whole match him, him beating that region, you know, suplexes landing people there, the chokes, the, the, all the chops to that, to that back of the neck area, you can really see how like, that is what he is setting up for, is mm-hmm. to knock somebody out by hitting them in the back of the head. And I love that Finn Balor was willing to to like make it look like he was completely out, yeah. too.
3: He did. And I would say co-main cool event, because we did have Kyle O'Reilly uh, and uh, Adam Cole after that. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that was a co-main event, which kind of didn't surprise me, but kind of surprised me. Um, but yeah, I mean, Karrion Cross is now exactly back where he left off at the end of, of the year. Um, we the beginning of this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Time, time is a weird thing
2: with time, a very important win under his belt too.
3: Yes. Yes. You know, beating, uh, Finn Balor, is a huge, huge career milestone, and that leaves a lot of people wondering: Is Finn gonna stay in NXT? Is he gonna come back to, you know, Raw or SmackDown? I mean, this is WrestleMania weekend, and what happens after WrestleMania? The Raw after WrestleMania. That is usually one of the biggest, you know, surprise points of uh, yeah. the year, where people make returns or people get called up, quote unquote. It wouldn't surprise me if we see Finn back um, on on Raw or SmackDown. Um, you know, Raw would be a, a good place for him. Um, a lot of it, it will depend on the ending of you know the the uh, Universal. Uh, I'm sorry, the WWE Championship match um, at WrestleMania. But you know, mm-hmm. it's also very possible we'll see someone from NXT pop up on Raw or SmackDown um, next week.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, actually, we probably will see some people get juggled around. Maybe some of the women, too. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, like you say, that Monday after is usually, if there were a new season of WWE, the Monday after Raw is yeah. the first episode of the new season. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely
3: true. That's a great comparison. Mm-hmm. Good, good point. So, Both nights of NXT Stand and Deliver are available on uh, the Peacock Network on the app. Um, so go ahead and check it out. Uh, you know, there was some interesting nuances with some of the audio, uh, and things like that, but overall a pretty smooth sailing for nxt you know hopefully they'll stay intact for wrestlemania this weekend but a, another fantastic takeover and yeah, like you said brendan too not only is this going to be a new season for raw and smackdown it's a new season for nxt you yep. know you have new tag champions new women's champion mm-hmm. new nxt champion
2: and they're they already have put a a a lab on it there you're going to see new talent too because mm-hmm. we're going to see Frankie
4: Yeah.
3: Yep.
2: So at the very least.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean they mm-hmm. they had a couple they've had a bunch of huge signings announced so they could have a whole bunch of people come in. Yeah.
3: Indeed. Well don't forget you could also check out LuchaCentral.com for all of the results from NXT stand and deliver in case you missed out on it. Dusty, go ahead and lead us into this week in Lucha Libre history. Yeah, that's right. It's
4: time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day at Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre, and it's all free at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, I chose April the 6th, 2019, and the New Japan Ring of Honor G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden, which was a big deal in and of itself. It was one of the first non-WWE shows to run in Madison Square Garden, and it was just cool. But the match that was highlighted is Dragon Lee defeating Bandito and Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship like this is an insanely great match. This is the match that really vaulted Dragon Lee to the top of New Japan's list and 2020 really would have been his year if it hadn't been for COVID and the travel restrictions. His momentum may not be moving at the same velocity it felt like it would after this match but he's easily headed to the top of the list again soon. New Japan still seemed to be very high on him and after seeing this match it's really not hard to understand why. There's such a high bar set for luchadors that get regular work in japan and these are the guys that are just pole vaulting over that bar like they the bar doesn't exist for bandito and dragon lee bandito was really the mvp of the match even though dragon lee won but i i have no complaints it was a fantastic fast-paced match with a lot of speed and a lot of power mixed in and it just made something really special and amazing for this match and I encourage everybody to check it out it was a match of the day so you'll be able to find it at luchacentral.com and go check it out and anyway what did you pick this week Brendan
2: this week I also chose April the 6th but I went all the way back to 1993 when Los Brazos uh, this is the combination of Brazo de Oro uh, Legends of Lucha Libre Superstar Brazo de Plata and El Brazo won the CMLL World Trios Championship, defeating las Infernal, Infernalis, Infernales, uh, Satanico, Pireta Morgan and m s one and this was at Arena Coliseo in Mexico City. so again, this is um this is well after the after trios had been established as one of the the predominant traditions in lucha Libre. But these are some of the teams that really helped st- helped it stay elevated and stay in the consciousness. Uh, Brazos are all legends, um, despite the fact that only one of them has signed with the Legends of Lucha Libre line, which you know I'm, you can only do so much. Uh, but uh, and then you have the other side. You have Satanico, who is an absolute legend in the in in the sport and. Pieretta Morgan, who is, is still going and not, I mean, no slouch on the legend either. So i uh, just great. I, there was, unfortunately, this is a period of time where there's not a lot of footage and cause there wasn't a lot of tape trading coming out of Mexico. I'm sure if you go, it went to the right place and, and put enough money on the table, you could find bootleg copies of this stuff. But, uh, that's the only way really to find it right now but, uh, yeah, super interesting historic match. I just wanted something uh last week, I went a little too modern for my normal taste, so I just went when i mean and i I feel old calling nineteen ninety three way back, but you know that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the reality at this point, uh, Miranda, what did you go with this week?
3: I picked April 5th, 2009, and this was WrestleMania 25 when Rey Mysterio won the WWE Intercontinental Championship for the first time after beating JBL. And the match itself isn't necessarily a banger because it was only about 21 seconds, which was very, very quick. Um, but I think it was the context and the story behind it, and everything related to it, that for me um, was was important. One, this is WrestleMania week, of course, and we have to highlight a WrestleMania match. WrestleMania 25, too, being a, a pretty big mm-hmm. WrestleMania in and of itself. Um, but this was uh, something that happened after um, JBL accepted Rey Mysterio's challenge for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, and with this win, um, he, Rey Mysterio became a Triple Crown Champion, um, which for, you know, was a very, very big milestone for many, many wrestlers. Um, at that time being the 21st wrestler who was a Triple Crown Champion. Um, and really the fact that this match ended in such a quick time. Um, a lot of people know, you know, Daniel Bryan losing his match in a, you know, about that same amount of time, I think a little bit less being a pivotal uh, moment in his career for Ray, instead of being on the losing end, he was on the winning end. Um, Yeah. And the fact that the company really put the the support behind him, um, it also was pretty big as far as JBL's promo afterward where he quit um, and, and left uh for some time. So that too was kind of a big surprise to fans because at that point too JBL had been kind of a company favorite. Mm-hmm. Um afterwards Rey Mysterio was drafted to SmackDown. Um so that you know with that the Intercontinental Championship um went to SmackDown for the first time since 2002. So uh, we also saw uh, Rey in kind of the infamous Joker gear um which was was pretty cool to to watch it's you know uh again Ray Mysterio having a lot of comic book influences um that one was pr- in particular really really cool to to see and of course winning the the match with the frog splash um as a lot of fans know you know that tribute to to eddie and uh you know just just having that that tinge of him in that match, especially against j b l uh was something was really cool. So, you know, if you have a minute, you can watch this match, but I think too it's more of the significance and the, you know, another big milestone for the career of J I'm sorry, of Rey Mysterio. Um not so not much a, for JBL.
2: Not a milestone for that guy.
3: I mean a milestone, not a good one necessarily, but uh but yeah, that's what I chose for uh this week in Lucha Libre History. So don't forget, of course, all of this can be found at LuchaCentral.com. But, Brendan, what else can our listeners find on LuchaCentral.com?
2: Well, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it, like, really, right now. You can you can listen to me read this to you while you're going to LuchaCentral.com. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get to all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events will be happening in your area. Find photo, photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major, ugh, all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And uh, I'm never, ever, ever going to stop. Making you realize this, it's all free. It's I mean Super that's great. the best price.
3: Free, you say?
2: Yes, free. I do say. I mean you <laughs> don't you don't need to spend your stimulus checks on this. Just go there, enjoy your lucha libre content, your news, your reviews, pictures taken by some of the best photographers. Hopefully we can get some of those pictures from like a luchador that didn't make it into the book up on the web because they're amazing yeah. and. Uh, Yeah, it's free. Go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
3: So what do we got up next for news? <laughs> Looking at the Red down CMLL. Yeah. Uh,
2: I didn't I, – I pulled CMLL because I had no real news this week. They okay. are still building to the – They're still building to the anniversary pay-per-view, but uh, no announcements that I have as of this recording.
3: Okay. Good to know. So this week we have an interesting combination of news – it's yeah. a triple A slash MLW news update. Uh, because there is a combination of news with between the two companies. So Dusty and I are gonna tag team this. I'm gonna have Dusty go first because he knows understands more of the context. And as yeah. we both know, I kind of blumble around a little bit. So I'm gonna be your hype man, Dusty. I got you back. Okay. I got you. You can do the hot like tag if you need to. Uh but Dusty's gonna, gonna start us off.
4: Yeah, the main takeaway is that Laredo Kid is the AAA cruiserweight champion because AAA says so, and that's the bottom line. An insider at AAA told Dave Meltzer at the Wrestling Observer that AAA's digital team had not acknowledged the change, and therefore it wasn't official. However, that's not quite true. As LuchaBlog has pointed out, it was acknowledged on Twitter at the very least, most likely Facebook too, but due to the blockage and location, it's hard for U.S. to tell, but Probably both, and he makes no judgment call as to whether Meltzer's source was outright lying to Dave or if they were simply misinformed. But that's the gist of it. AAA says that they didn't sanction the title change and it happened anyway, so they're not acknowledging it. Like I, I don't understand how this happens with yeah. Leo Rush working with and for AAA now. Why couldn't they have done something? When, when he was there for Mania, taped yeah. a match, or taped the finish to a match and just lied to us. I mean, like, or even well, just lied to us anyway. Like, And also, yeah, oh, MLW's
3: win, shows are pre-taped as well. So if it wasn't supposed to happen that way, then why didn't they just, you know, why was that the final product that we saw on MLW as post. well? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's...
4: It's just so strange, and there are so many questions about this, and it's one of the least professional things I've seen in a while in wrestling. Like, I guess they just assumed nobody would care, but obviously fans care and want to know, and then instead of, like, coming up with something sensical, they just doubled down, and – yeah.
3: It's it's strange, yes. I mean, to Leo's credit, he has stated that he would face Laredo Kid again, and MLW has kind of teased that in their news coverage, um, that, that, you know, will we see a rematch? Um, and I don't know how much a story and how much is real at this point. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of holes as to, you know, how this could happen because now it wasn't like it wasn't a front of a live audience. It wasn't that they couldn't have retaped it. Leo Rush already has a relationship with AAA. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot of questions, holes to poke in this story. So, we we will yeah. see. Um, as just a heads up in MLW this week, they didn't have a new episode of Fusion. They had an older version of MLW Underground. But next week uh, we will see Gino Medina challenge Richard Holiday for the IWA Caribbean Championship. And I believe next week we will also see Mil Muertes face Hammerstone for the Open Weight Championship. Um, so MLW is coming back next week with some pretty solid matches.
2: Stacked episode. Yes. Stacked right there.
3: And, you know, speaking of, you know, MLW was kind of smart. They knew that uh, I am sure you know one of the reasons they decided not to air uh, a a new episode was because of you know what we were already going to see with uh NXT takeover so kind of smart on their move because even um the ratings and the numbers for this week uh NXT did beat AEW um in viewership so smart move by MLW some a, a company that may be still you know beyond their control but still had to to run is Impact Wrestling, who ran their first Thursday episode uh, this week. Um, they did try to tempt viewers by do- booking a six-man tag of Rich Swann, Eddie Edwards, and Willie Mack versus Kenny Omega, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Um, in that match, Swan almost got a win on uh, Kenny Omega. Swann used the Phoenix Splash uh, on... On um, Kenny Omega And right before the three count Don Callis pulled Kenny out of the ring um, But Rich Swan did Ultimately get the win Using the Phoenix Splash on Carl Anderson So um, We still are getting some uh, You know teasers Or you know some what ifs uh, Going into April 25th Rebellion when we will see Rich Swann Face Kenny Omega uh, To a title Versus title match I'm
2: I'm sorry. I I just have to slow down. Kenny Omega actually wrestled on Impact Wrestling.
3: He did. (laughs) Yes.
2: Amazing. It was another
3: six-man tag match, though, so uh, nothing that we haven't seen. This is, I think, the third time that that's happened, or second time at least.
2: Yeah, I mean, so it's more than once, but even still, it's – it's just amazing to me because it, it, the deal felt really one-sided so far, but getting yes.
3: well, it still uh, is because the only person from Impact outside of Private Party uh, that have come on is, is Kenny Omega. So whereas Cal uh, uh, Anderson and Gallows are pretty much on on AEW television every week. Yeah.
2: Well, we also don't know if there were more Sammy Guevara situations where storyline didn't work out or transportation or something else and they just went with other people.
3: That's true. But some interesting announcements that came out of Impact this week. Luke Gallows is going to be facing Black Taurus this Saturday at Hardcore Justice. Um. Um, So that is on the Impact Plus app. That also happens to be the same day as WrestleMania, but, uh, to see two men of that size face each other, especially with Black Taurus, just, you know, how agile he is, it's, uh, against someone, you know, of, of the size of Luke Gallows, that would definitely will be a very interesting matchup. Um but I just don't doubt there's going to be any eyes on it. Uh, Also announced, we are going to get a triple threat match for the X-Division Championship at Rebellion. Champion Ace Austin will face TJP and Josh Alexander Uh, for the X division championship. So, um, that's a story they've been building for quite some time. Ace Austin won the title from TJP. Josh Alexander's kind of been in the title scene for quite some time since, um, you know, the North broke up. So I, I'm, I think this will be very, very interesting. Josh Alexander, I think in his singles run has been fantastic. Uh, So I'm looking forward to to this match. But uh, that is it with Impact Wrestling this week. Again, Hardcore Justice is this Saturday, April 10th, on uh, the Impact Plus app. And Rebellion, their big pay-per-view, is going to be on April 25th. And with that, that's the end of this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you all so much for for listening to our show. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Make sure you go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre, and you can follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at com on Twitter. You can also follow Lucha Central on YouTube, where you could see lots of cool content, interviews like the Cassandro interview that we referenced earlier, lots of Expo Lucha stuff from all the virtual events that have happened, and lots of cool matches and content that you can't find anywhere else on lucha central's youtube page while you're at it why don't you follow us on social media dusty where can our listeners find you
4: i am on facebook at facebook.com slash dusty murphy and i am on instagram at dusty murphy
3: and brendan where can our listeners find you i am
2: the numbers three two one t-shirt guy so three two one t-shirt guy t-shirt guy is all spelled out so three two one t-shirt guy Facebook, Instagram, I'm even looking at it at this moment. It's amazing. Twitter, which is what I was looking at through the entire show. Uh if you if you want to get a hold of me fast Twitter is the way to go. Uh I also I will once again mention that I might be Miranda's official inbox over on Twitter.
3: You are. Just because no one's used to it yet <laughs> doesn't mean that it still doesn't happen. So I put a challenge out there to people. If you want to send me a message through Brendan's Twitter, <laughs> do so so that we don't become liars. Uh, you could you know within reason. Don't send don't send those bad things. We we ain't out about that life. And Brennan will rat you out. So don't even don't <laughs> even true. try it. I totally will. Yes. And as Brennan mentioned earlier in the show, if you are uh associated with the lucha libre promotion, if you are a luchador, if you're a fan, uh, if if you are a promoter uh, that has Lucha Libre content, make sure you reach out to Brendan um, with matches, and, and you may be featured on a future uh, segment of uh, the Indie Roundup. So, if you'd like to get mentioned, send that content over to Brendan. Again, it's at Brendan's discretion uh, what is going to be mentioned. So, just you know, buyer beware. But We all here support independent wrestling and independent wrestlers. So we want to do our part to highlight matches and promotions uh, that are running safe shows, but also fantastic Lucha Libre matches. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me uh, on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. If you are listening to this show on one of your favorite podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, iTunes, PodBay, iHeart, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. So you subscribe and get notifications every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You give us a five-star rating, and you leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us feedback. Let us know what you like and what you don't like, future topics that we could cover, maybe things we shouldn't cover again. I don't know, unless you (laughs) tell us. So make sure you let us know, whether it's through our social medias or through your favorite podcast streaming platform. Or Uh, YouTube. Or YouTube. Yes. Yeah. We we check these things out. So please feel free to let us know. We're happy to take that feedback. And and we're also just always looking forward to hearing from fans. We have to get shots at the end of episodes as well. So if you leave us a comment, um, more feedback, we'll mention it at the end of the show. So uh, stay tuned for that. And again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We will be back next week. So, for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much, and we will be back next week.